let me tell you first about uh, AMAC. Mike Lee is around the corner, too. Uh, AMAC is the um, Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million members strong, and I'm a member. Uh, you get the insurance discount, the travel benefits, and everything else. The reason why I joined is because I know these people, and I know what they do. I know how hard they work. Uh, they were really instrumental in stopping the passage of House Resolution Bill 4. That is the, um, or they're actually working on the 4. That's in the Senate right now. They worked to stop Resolution 1 in the House, which was the hostile takeover by the uh, federal government of the elections. Please join AMAC for the advocacy, or you can join for the benefits or the information. They got great information. But join because America needs you to stand together. These people are fighting a good fight. It's AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Beck, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Beck. AMAC, better for you, better for America. The Friday program and podcast begins next. Welcome to the program. We've got a great show for you. Friday, Bill O'Reilly is coming up. Glenn Greenwald is joining us to talk a little bit about Hunter Biden and uh, what's going on there. He has been leading this story and probably the only one that is really digging into it. Uh, He'll be on later on the program. Mike Lee is going to talk a little bit about our fading constitution. Uh, And we have to start with a little bit of the economy. Toilet paper and cleaning supplies and paper products. Costco is saying, whoa, 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 you can only buy so many. Why? We'll tell you coming up in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Isn't it time you start doing the things that you love again? You know how it used to be back in the days before you were really dealing with that pain all the time? Those were good days. It wasn't that you, you know, just you could just get around better. You could do everything better. And you had a lot more fun while you were at it. Living in pain sucks. Believe me, I know I've been there. I've been in so much pain that I haven't been able to function. I haven't been able to fly. I, it's been horrible, horrible. All of it stopped for me. It stopped because of relief factor. Please try it. Just try it. My wife, you know, I should have my wife do these commercials because she was the one who was like, I'm not going to listen to you anymore. And she sounds exactly like that. It's scary. Scary. Help me. But uh, she was the one who said, you got to try it. And so I did. I didn't think it would work. And it did. See if you can have the same experience. 70% of the people have that experience. Relief Factor. Try it for three weeks. 800-500-8384 is the number. 800-500-8384. ReliefFactor.com. All right. Some, uh, some things going on. And this really continues from our Wednesday night special. Um, We've been telling you that you're not going to recognize your country. And I'm telling you, if you don't recognize your country now, in a year from now, you really won't. Uh, Everything is about to change. We are changing the way our very economy works. Um, This is the new normal. 
We are bring, being brought down to, you know, I read an article today. This will explain it. I read an article today. By 2030, many of our roads are going to look like Cuba. And what do I mean by that? You're not going to be able to get gasoline-powered cars starting soon. Uh, and so the rural areas, the farming areas, the places in the middle of the country that won't have charging stations everywhere will be just taking their old cars and redoing them and, and paying really high gas prices because gas will be hard to get. But you won't be able to have <clears throat> you won't be able to have the electric car and many people won't be able to affect uh, to afford in 2030 a brand new electric car. And so our. Our country is going to be split again. You go into the cities and it'll all be electric. You go outside of the cities and it will look start looking more and more like Cuba. We are being pushed down into a second world kind of economy. And that is by design. Now, a lot of people will say this is because of COVID. Parts of it are. Parts of it are not. Parts of it are, are genuinely caused by our government. People can't, we can't get people to work at the docks anymore. So we have 90 ships right off the coast of California waiting to come in. They've been there for two weeks, but they can't get truck drivers. They can't get people to work at the docks because you can make more money sitting at home. Everybody's worried about oh, what automation. What will automation do to our jobs? You're pushing automation. You won't have a job. And things will become less and less uh, available, more and more scarce. Costco, the chief financial officer, said yesterday they're bringing back purchase limits on household essentials such as toilet paper, bottled water, and cleaning supplies. Membership-only warehouse chain said it wants to make sure these items stay on shelves and it, as it copes with the supply chain challenges. See, another thing we're doing is... Have you noticed that the government is not concentrating on things that we learned through COVID? Like, we don't make our own medicine. We should make our own medicine. Everything is being pushed globally. That's why the answer is local. The government is going bigger. The world is going bigger. And it's unsustainable. They keep making the problems bigger. Well, they will fail. Let me give you another example of the failure that is coming that might very well affect you. At least more of uh, the supply chain. I've been telling you about uh, Ever Evergrande. Now, this is one of those stories that Stu and I talked about when it first came out. And he kind of was like, why would we? And he knows. He's been with me long enough to know, gee, we should pay attention to these things uh, because they do. They're all interconnected. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I'd never even I don't know that I'd ever even heard the name Evergrande. I hadn't either until we, we have some really good researchers. Yeah. I hadn't either. Um, but Evergrande is a um, is the builder of the ghost cities. Yeah, we knew their work. We talked about their ghost cities quite a bit for 20 years. years. Yeah, because I'm fascinated by them. Yeah, they me too. These entire cities with no people in and them. really nice. I mean, yeah, state of the art, state of the art cities. 
and no one lives in them. Like the biggest mall in the world. Yeah. At one point, completely they empty. Completely, completely empty. empty. No citizens around to go to it. And Correct. you know, they use this to prop up their economy, make their numbers look good. Eventually, they were supposedly going to move people there. Many of them never got citizens. Yeah. So here's the thing. This company, and I know this number sounds small, but hear me out because anytime somebody talks about a billion dollars you're like oh that's not that much yes it is yes it is this company uh evergrande has about 350 billion dollars in debt now that's 300 billion owed in bonds and another 50 million uh, uh 50 billion uh in loans so 350 billion dollars in debt by way of comparison General Motors only has $87 billion in debt and turns a profit. Remember, this company does not turn a profit. It's a ghost city company. Apple, the largest company in the world by market cap, has $100 billion in debt. So Evergrande is carrying more debt than any U.S. company, at least in the Fortune 100, uh, but has a market cap, total value of all stock and assets, of less than 5% of Apple. Okay, so let's put this in. 250% more debt than Apple and less than 5% the size of Apple. Uh, That's a lot of debt. So now here's what happened. They sold all these bonds and nobody was buying them because it's a ghost city company and nobody was buying them. And so they said, you know what, we're going to pay. We're going to pay in U.S. dollars, not in Chinese yuan, so we could get everybody involved in this. And so they started getting clients and the Chinese Communist Party was encouraging people to invest in this company. They gave them a triple A status, top grade. We would have marked it. Well, at least we should have marked it junk bond. We didn't, but we we didn't have anything to do with it. This is a Chinese company. Um, But they started to uh, get all of these people and all of these people are demanding their money now and they can't make the payment. So why do we even care about this? 75 percent of Evergrande's debt is owned by Chinese investors. We have to care because China just said yesterday, expect a coming storm because of this. What they're afraid of is the run on the banks. They're afraid of uh, a Occupy Wall Street response. They're afraid of rioters taking over the offices of Evergrande and holding executives hostage. Um, they're, they're actually afraid of actual riots on the street. Now, I don't know if we'll ever see them and God bless those people who are rioting because they'll probably all just be killed, but it's going to cause all kinds of problems for China and not just inside the border. While everybody is focused on the $350 billion on in debt, it's the derivative market that you have to worry about. Gee, what are derivatives, Stu? I thought we learned about these in 2008. Right. It's kind of like a bet on an existing product mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily function into the normal balance sheet of that product, the financial product. So right. you're betting on something and it kind of like a side bet on a stock or an so it's outcome. An, it's not really even, there's nothing of value here. It literally is gambling. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's no, you're you're not betting on a product or a, 
company, you're betting on whether or not they're going to be able to do what they say or not. And it's often funded by margin, by borrowing. So it's not real money. It's really bad. Bet on things that are multiple times as risky as the normal financial product. These should be illegal, but they won't be because that's how the banks make their money. Um, There are private dark pools of money, lots of money. So out of this $350 billion in bond, they believe, according to the Swiss bank, that about a, a trillion dollars, a trillion dollars in derivatives, that was people betting that they're going to fold or betting that they're going to make the payment. But again, as Stu just pointed out, a lot of that money is borrowed money. The biggest impact is going to be in the Asia Pacific countries, Singapore, Australia, because they put all of their money from their teachers unions and their retirement funds. They put money into this because it was a good return, but it was a shell game, total shell game. It will reach the U.S. (sighs) Um, It will reach the U.S. if the derivatives start to fail. Banks may fail over their losses over in China, and that will create a cascading effect. For example, let's say the Bank of China heavily invested in Evergrande. They start to fail. They take the mortgages down with it. But your pension fund invested in the Bank of China because that's a safe bank to invest in. Now, because they fail, your pension starts to fail. So the effect of this one story is significant. They're saying that this is the Lehman Brothers uh, of, of China. And the United States, we are changing everything here. You have to understand, the entire economy is changing. War, one of the purposes of war is not to settle the thing that everybody is seeing on the TV screen. It is to change borders, to change financial systems, to change uh, regimes, to change countries. And the change doesn't happen in the losing country alone. It also happens in the winning countries. It is a way to cover there's so much pain during the war. And we are in a war right now. COVID has provided the war. And so we're in a war right now. And the greater the pain, the more you cry out for it to stop. And the longer it goes on, the less you remember of what normal was. Think about the war on terror. Do you even remember what it was really like? How many freedoms have been curbed since 9-11? A ton. But do you even really remember a time when the bank wasn't reporting you if you took, you know, a thousand dollars out of the bank? Do you remember that time? Do you remember a time when your deposits were not last of line that you, the person that put the money in the bank, you were the first creditor to be paid? Now you're the last creditor to be paid. You'll get your money from the government. You'll never get it from the bank. And you'll never be able to take it out if they're in trouble. 
We've lost a lot of rights and we don't even know it yet. This is changing the entire world. Stu found a story today. Was it in the New York Times about Bitcoin and uh, uh, Wall Street Journal? Wall Street Journal. Yeah. I want you to listen to this. We're going to share it in a minute. I want you to listen to the way the Wall Street Journal is talking. It sounds like Glenn Beck 10 years ago. Uh, And it's the Wall Street Journal, not me. We'll give that to you in 60 seconds. Also, to talk about our rights uh, and how to understand them. Mike Lee coming up in just a few minutes. Let me tell you about AMAC. If you're over 50, time to start considering what benefit group you're going to join. Or if you've already joined one, rethink it, unless it is AMAC. The Association of Mature American Citizens. They now have over 2 million members, and they're growing. The benefits are great. Insurance discounts, travel benefits, all of it. But more importantly... Uh, is the work that they are doing in Washington. This is a group that want to give you all kinds of benefits, but they're also a group that know that you are the ones engaged. You are the ones that are watching and guarding our rights. And uh, I know the guy who started it or knew he just passed away, but I, I knew him and he was so strong on all of the things we all believe in. And that's why he started AMAC, because if we have a lot of numbers of people, we can make an impact. And they have. They have been um, uh, instrumental in, sol- in, in stopping Resolution 1, the Pelosi federal takeover of all election legislation. And now they're working on the Senate. And they stopped the first one. Now they have to stop Resolution 4. Please join them. There is power in numbers as we stand together. AMAC. Join them for the advocacy, the benefits, or the information. But join them because America needs you. AMAC. A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Beck. AMAC dot U-S slash Beck. 10 seconds. Station ID. We are producing a uh, program uh, in uh, I think it comes out in three or four weeks, and we are asking, this is the first time I think I've ever done this, anyone who can give ironclad proof that Fauci knew we were funding gain-of-function research of coronavirus in Wuhan and actively sought to suppress any discussion of it. If you are a whistleblower, we need you for our special. Um, we would like to have someone that knows it firsthand or has proof of it firsthand, please contact us, uh, contact this uh, program uh, and uh, and help us out. William. Okay, let's go to the Wall Street Journal. So two things, actually. Wall Street Journal had a report about China, which has now made all cryptocurrency transactions illegal. Just in China, just yeah, in China. And any firm overseas can no longer have anybody who's a Chinese resident have an account. Is this so, tied to Evergrande? Uh, I, Run on the probably, banks? Probably. I, probably, right. There um, is, what, what people are afraid of with um, the cryptocurrency is you're going to take your money out of the dollar, which, which hurts the government. They, they don't have power over you or over the currency. They can't manipulate, and then they're in trouble. Yeah. Now, on the New York Times side, as you mentioned... Uh, so this is from Eric Lipton, his guy who writes about cryptocurrency often uh, for the New York Times. He writes to those who consider cryptocurrency hard to understand and aren't paying attention. Time to rethink. Bitcoin may seem speculative. And yes, it is. 
but global financial system is being revolutionized. Nature of money is transforming. This is a big deal. His story is about regulators racing toward first major rules on cryptocurrency. The government's Mm -hmm. trying to get involved in that. Because the government is going to a U.S. digital dollar. They are going to a digital dollar. That is mentioned in the story as well, uh, that they... It doesn't say they are doing it, but it says that they are seriously considering it and trying they, to figure out how to are, do it. They are. I'm telling you, they they are. I mean, I'm. You've mentioned this a, m- a bunch of times, and it's just I there's think no it's confirmation of it yet, right? Um, but the the Fed has been doing all kinds of research and work on it, and it only makes sense. Comment use common sense. This is the thing they have to have to control everything. And Eric Lipton is not an opinion guy. And the reason why I think this is important is he's stating this as he's writing news articles about cryptocurrency. He says this decade will be remembered as the era where the nature of money was radically transformed in the world. You are living it. So it's almost like the hundred years of the industrial revolution will be compacted into a 10 year period. (laughs) It does. (laughs) It does seem like that. Doesn't it does seem like that. Yeah. Um, This is uh, this, this, these are the days we, we talked about. I warned about these are the times that will try men's souls. The nature of money is being changed and that will mean everything. Uh, it will go to, as I pointed out on Wednesday's uh, TV show, that will will go to how much money is your money worth? If you had a retirement fund, how can you retire if you only have 60% of your retirement fund? They just lop off 40% because there's a new currency. This is coming. This is coming so what's going to happen with cryptocurrency well there's currently they're basically trying to come up with rules here and you're in that point where the big players in the industry are going to the government being like look we know you're going to do something can we at least make it less insane and so they're trying to figure out a way to craft it so it doesn't destroy the industry We've seen the other side of this in China, right, where they're just turning it off. They're saying no more cryptocurrency transactions. They're all illegal in China. We don't want that to happen in the United States. And a lot of people are heavily invested in that that are big power players that don't want it to happen as well. So I doubt that's going to happen. However, they're trying to come up with something sensible that can keep the financial system together. Mike Lee next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. My gut tells me it is time to bat down the hatches. Uh, Two days ago, uh, the Fed said that they are going to raise interest rates. That is, I mean, I don't know how you do that and keep this delicate economy going. Uh, They're also saying that they're not going to, they're starting tapering. They're not going to, you know, buy as many bonds and stocks and everything else. Last time they tried that, the economy started to fall apart and they went right back to it. They're in a they're in a it's a trap. Here's what I want you to do. Please batten down the hatches. Please batten down the hatches. If you have a high interest loan, get out of it. If you have credit cards, pay them off or put them into a consolidation loan and pay them off as soon as you can. You could save hundreds of dollars a month if you have uh, a loan that is 3% or more 
please call American Financing, but batten down the hatches, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net, AmericanFinancing.net. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn25. Right now you can get 25 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck program. We could sure use your support at Blaze TV. If you have not joined us now, let me offer our biggest savings ever. Uh, 25% off the year subscription at Blaze TV. Uh, there is power in numbers, and we really need your support, uh, especially as things are getting more and more dicey, and uh, it's becoming more and more clear that you're just not going to be able to even ask questions online. Uh, join us, please. Uh, go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn25. And save 25% off your subscription right now. Mike Lee and I were talking uh, on the phone uh, just a couple of nights ago about the Constitution. And I asked him uh, some questions. And I thought, you know, this is an interesting conversation. We should just have some of this on the air. Hi, Mike. How are you? Doing great, Glenn. Good to be with you as always. Uh, So, uh, Mike, I was talking to you about ways to understand the Constitution. And... Uh, I'm, I'm working on something to where you don't have to even read it. <laughs> and I know you don't recommend that, um, but uh, people have to start to understand what the government can and cannot do. And uh, I was talking to you about we, we loan our rights out or we, we uh, uh, give our uh, rights to the, to the uh, government um, to lend them so they can do the things that we we can't do ourselves for instance police we can't we have the right to defend ourselves we have a right to stop a uh, a person from robbing us we have a right to stop somebody from stealing our stuff we even have a right to a citizen's arrest and holding somebody until the authorities arrive and the authorities are using the power that we give them to then take them to trial, et cetera, et cetera. We don't have the right to string somebody up, but if we if we were uh, alone and we were just a bunch of individuals with no government, we would have the right to collectively get together and judge a person, and hopefully it would be fair, and then uh, execute the punishment. Correct or not correct? I think that's correct. Look, all of us are born with certain natural rights, certain God-given rights, fundamental rights that guarantee that we should have the ability to live our lives uh, and to have the protection of life and liberty and property. Government is there to protect those same things, to stand in for us so that we can live our lives and not have to worry constantly about protecting that which is ours. And when we bring government in, we don't give government more power than we ought naturally, morally, uh, to have on our own over our own fellow beings. And so government is there more as a surrogate and security guard than it is a parent. And in fact, Alexis de Tocqueville observed something like this as he was touring America in the 1830s. 
and explaining why our revolution seemed to have taken hold and embraced liberty, while the French, not so much. He said, you see, when government steps into the place of a parent, it's preparing children for perpetual childhood and adolescence. Mm. Uh, 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 Parents, of course, are preparing their children for adulthood. But when government acts that way, it's preparing them for captivity. That's not what we can ever have. So that really is what the Declaration of Independence was about. So this is what this is what um, led me to this um, thing that I'm working on is Joe Biden said, it's my job to protect you. And he was talking about the virus. And I thought, no, it's not your job to protect us. It's our job, along with our doctors, and, and my, it's my responsibility. Nowhere in your job description does it say you need to protect me outside of military, you know, invasions, et cetera, et cetera. Your job is to protect my rights. And quite honestly, this is why we go to war and we're willing to die, because my rights are more important than my life. My rights that are my children's rights that's why I'm willing to go and die uh, in a war, because I need to preserve those rights for future generations. And that's where the government is going wrong. And anytime they say the government, the government has to protect us. No, they don't. No, that, that usually leads to bad things. But actually raises an excellent point, Glenn, what he ought to be focused on is those areas where his statement happens to be true within that narrow sphere. So, yes, it is his job to protect us as commander in chief of the armed forces. I wish he had been focusing on that rather than on extraneous things. Then maybe the botched withdrawal from Afghanistan wouldn't have been so fatal. So he also he also has the the responsibility to protect us through our border. Right. He does indeed. He has a constitutional duty to take care that the laws be faithfully executed. That is his job as the chief executive officer of the U.S. government. He didn't do that either. And there, too, the results are tragic. You see, this is what happens with governments. When governments start focusing on the things that they're not supposed to do, they lose sight of the few things they are supposed to do and that we rely on them exclusively to do. Uh, Let me, um, I'd I'd like to continue our conversation, um, uh, but our, our, Our rights are being destroyed left and right, uh, and we are fundamentally transforming our economy, our banking system, uh, everything. And Mike, I don't I don't know how you feel about, you know, some of the things about the Great Reset, um, but we are developing an entirely new style of government. It's a public private partnership and conservatives have always said it's a private corporation. They can do anything. But these corporations now are far more powerful than governments. Uh, and I'm not sure which one is running which. Uh, and they are also doing the bidding. I, I think when Joe Biden said, I'm going to have a mandate, he was giving cover to these big corporations to do this for him because he knew he can't. That's why there's no that's why there's no. Uh, uh, executive order or anything coming from him on this. You know, it's interesting. In almost every oppressive regime that has arisen in modern times, they tend to use this melding of corporate power with government power. And it seems attractive to many from a distance. 
maybe the best of both worlds. In my view, it ends up being the worst of both worlds because you have neither accountability nor efficiency. You end up with all sorts of, of horrible combinations. And a lot of this seems to start, Glenn, this is counterintuitive. A lot of it seems to start when people start misapprehending the nature of rights. When you start hearing people refer to rights as things the government must give to them, Uh you're on the high road to bad things. Rights, we have to remember, are things government may not do to you. They are not things government must give to you. Say say it again. Say it again. This is really important. Rights are things government may not do to you. They are not things government must give to you by taking them from someone else. Once you depart from that central premise and from the central premise that government is basically just there uh, to make sure we don't hurt each other, or take each other's stuff or fall vulnerable to those who would harm us as a society from the outside, then we, we are on the high road toward tyranny. Well, we've been on that road for a very long time. Yeah, uh, but we seem to be accelerating into the turn this time around. Yeah, I uh, I think so. And I'm wondering where the Republicans are. I mean, Mike, it is it is if is if the uh, is if the the Senate and the House are shadows of what they're supposed to be. And that's an insult to shadows. It, it, it is indeed. And, and I think all the shadows all over the world are now very upset right now that you have come <laughs> To How us. dare you? And, 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 and with good reason. Look, um, this is one of the features of consolidated power. You know, the whole purpose of the Constitution was to fulfill the promise of the Declaration. It did so by framing the pro- promise of the Declaration. Now, it set up the Senate and the House to be accountable bodies, and it was there to protect the people against the dangerous accumulation of power in the hands of the few. What's happened over time is that we've drawn more and more of this power from the people to Washington. Within Washington, we've handed it over from the legislative branch to the executive branch, sometimes to the president himself, other times to unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats. And as a result, the, the, the legislative muscle of the most accountable branch starts to atrophy. That's the problem we've got with Washington. So the the spending bill, uh, I read this morning, there are five senators that are Republicans that are pushing for the Republicans to pass a spending bill. Who, who are who? Are, I mean, I know it's Mitt Romney. Who else? Uh, look, I, I'm, I'm not sure who is actually pushing to pass a spending bill. I, there there were four of them, I believe. Uh, who didn't sign the letter saying that we wouldn't pass a continuing resolution if that continuing resolution contained a debt ceiling increase. I'm not aware of five pushing, certainly, to spend the $3.5 trillion the Democrats want. Uh, but I will tell you this, speaking more broadly, because I'm not aware of the, of the article you're describing here, I will say this. There is a tendency over time for people in Washington, Democrats and Republicans alike, to want to spend more of other people's money, even if they are Republicans, because they can always convince themselves that someone will benefit because of this government spending. And it's probably always true. What they neglect is that they have a constitutional and moral responsibility to make sure that they're not spending outside of what we can afford and outside of what is constitutionally appropriate for us to spend. That's what concerns me. And and that's why we've this $30 trillion debt load that we've got Mm -hmm. 
That didn't happen on its own. In fact, people say there's no bipartisanship in Washington. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as, as we would say in the court uh, in the courtroom, that assumes facts, not in evidence. Yeah, <laughs> because you, you don't get to be trillion thirty trillion dollars in debt without a whole lot of Republicans agreeing with a whole lot of Democrats to spend more money than we've got. Uh, Senator Mike Lee, thank you so much for being on the phone and uh, all of the hard work that you do. You are a true statesman uh, and uh, a guy who is standing true with your your oath and the Constitution and Declaration. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And I think I am not alone in that. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Glenn. I really appreciate it. And your your listeners can follow me at at, uh, LeeForSenate.com. Thank you very much. Lee for Senate. By the way. I think he is. I mean, he's got so many people coming out (laughs) to run against him. It's like everybody's running against him. Uh, I don't think he has any serious challengers. Uh, They seem to be clowns, but uh, maybe that's just me. Uh, Lee for Senate. Real estate agents I trust when it comes to buying and selling homes. uh, How's your experience been? If your answer is anything better than Rocky, I commend you. There's nothing more frustrating than having to deal with a mediocre real estate agent, especially considering that you're buying and selling your most precious asset, the probably the, the um, most expensive thing you'll ever buy. A number of years ago, uh, I got so frustrated with the whole process and decided that, you know, I got to look into this and see if I can change it just for my own, uh, you know, buying and selling of houses. How do you even know who a good real estate agent is? Well, We figured it out. We were working with some of the uh, 500 best real estate agents in the country, according to the Wall Street Journal. And I started asking them, how do you judge? How do you know? We found out. We put this whole list together. And now we, we go out and interview real estate agents for you so you don't have to. It's a free service to you. I do want you to interview them. Make sure that you think that our um, our judgment is sound. But it's a free service. So all you say is, I'm you know, selling a place here. I'm trying to buy a place here. We'll find the people that have the best practices uh, in those areas and the best track record. Realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Oh, this is insane. A Washington State School has decreed that students must view lunchtime as a dangerous time for all. The school said that um, they can lower their mask to take a bite or a drink and then raise it to chew, swallow, or talk. (laughs) This is a quote. Our cafeteria has a fantastic airflow system and children are spaced out apart. And when over 100 of them are in one large room, the cafeteria and gym combined, we need to treat lunchtime as a dangerous time for children. Dangerous time for all. You've got to be kidding me. So weird. Uh, this obsession. I mean, remember, one of the things that, that people, I think, don't realize here in the United States is that none of this is happening in Europe. In Europe, We're the they're, only they're ones. not masking kids like this. It's only happening here, which is very strange, right? I mean, like I, you'd think they're supposed to be ahead of us. They're more progressive, quote unquote, than we are. All these issues we seem to have, you know, they hit Europe first, typically. Uh, and also, we should point out, too, they got hit by the virus first. Right? And remember, northern Italy is one of the worst, worst things that's, you know, happened since the beginning of this virus. They really got wiped out early. Um, but oddly, uh, no matter what evidence is presented, this just continues to go on. 
And it shows the power of the teachers unions to fight against science, not following it, not even leading it, but literally fighting against it. It is crazy. Yeah. Is there is are we really, truly the only country doing it? I've heard that there. I've I mean, there that. are areas that, that we're not the, maybe not the only I think we're the only country doing it in a widespread fashion like this. Now, of course, obviously, our own country, our whole country is not doing it either. I mean, we have, thankfully, because of our system of government and our constitution that continues to hold up a little bit, uh, you know, the, Joe Biden can't just do these things. And he's, he's, as you point out, with the vaccine mandate, it is awfully suspicious that we still don't even have the rule written yet. And how bizarre is this? He made a big show of this. Why on earth would you do it? He said his patients were running thin. Yeah. <clears throat> one okay, reason the rule then I mean, <laughs> one reason is because african-americans are outraged his uh, popularity has fallen with african-americans i think by 16 percent just based on that one speech in just a few days um they don't they don't like it uh and uh he needs to have the african-american support that may be one reason I think the real reason is he never intended it. He wanted big business just to do it. This is the Glenn Beck Program. What you are about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. It's Friday. Bill O'Reilly, next. Program. If you want the best night's sleep you've ever had, you want it constantly, then what are you waiting for? Jeez, how many times do I have to tell you about my pillow? Okay, jeez, my pillow is practically magical, and the sleep, the uh, sheets I sleep on are even better. They are so soft, so comfortable. They're durable. They get uh, every time they're washed, they uh, become softer and softer and softer. And the sheets, the Giza Dream sheets from my pillow, are still on sale. Buy one, get one free. When it comes to great prices for a great product, my pillow does not disappoint. I will tell you these. I think these are the best sheets I've ever slept on, especially for the price. The price is unbelievable. At a, a billion thread count. I don't know how many threads are in this. I just know it's the softest sheet I've ever slept on. MyPillow.com. Click on the new radio listener specials. Check out the buy one, get one free offer on Giza Dream Sheets. You'll find deep discounts on other MyPillow products. Enter the promo code BECK and you'll get the uh, discounts. Buy one, get one free with the Giza Dream Sheets now at MyPillow.com or call 800-966-3117. 800-966-3117. Get them now. MyPillow.com. Mr. Bill O'Reilly. Uh, the author of, I don't even know, the 10th book in his multi-million selling Killing series. Killing the Mob is the latest, and Bill O'Reilly is just joining us now from BillOReilly.com, where you can watch his no-spin news uh, every night at BillOReilly.com. All right, Bill, biggest yes. story of the week. Uh, biggest story of the week, I would think, would be the polling that shows at this point in history, uh, more people would vote for Trump than Biden if they ran tomorrow. That's a pretty big turnaround, don't you think? Well, seeing that it's only been eight months, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And I mean, there's a spate of articles about how Democrats are panicking because they're not going to get their socialist agenda passed now. When a president starts to weaken, it's like anything else in, a, in the power circles. Uh, when opponents, they sense weakness, then they become more aggressive. Mm-hmm. And so the people who don't like Biden, and there are a lot of them, are now saying, you know, this guy's such a screw-up, and he's never going to come back, it's never going to get better, so let's bury him now. And so the people in the Democratic Party who are not real thrilled about being socialist, they now have an excuse not to pass this insane spending bill. Yeah, what's and weird so, is what's weird is those people that don't like Joe Biden and are now like empowered to do stuff doesn't seem like any of those people are uh, Republicans. <laughs> They're still well, just asleep. They're just <laughs> you look. There is an anti-Biden movement in America, and it's fairly strong, even though you don't hear it on the corrupt um, corporate media. So they shut that down with the exception of Fox and Newsmax and the right wing networks. Um, you don't have any regular networks anymore. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. It's either left wing or right wing. You don't have mm-hmm. any. Well, hey, come, come over here and we'll like tell you what's happening in the fairest way possible. Oh, no, you can't do that. Come on. We have to take a side. Right. But the momentum, if you want to use a sports cliche, is on the side of the anti-Biden people. And even though the corporate media doesn't hate that, they hate it, what are they going to do? you got 15,000 foreign nationals under a bridge in Del Rio, Texas. I mean, that's a pretty compelling photograph to show. You've got Afghanistan. We all know what happened there, and it continues to unfold as a horror. And now, you know, we have people paying a buck and a half more a gallon at the gas and paying a lot more for food. So the corporate media, and believe me, there have been meetings about this. They're going, what what do we do? What can we do? So that's the big story of the week. Now, I wrote a message of the day on BillOReilly.com today, and I am predicting that you will see horrible new attacks on Donald Trump very soon. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the only way they can get the attention off the incompetence of Biden is to trump up something, pardon the pun, against the former president. And I expect to see it as early as next week. Wow. Um, that goes, I assume this is because of uh, the, the new uh, poll that came out that shows Trump would win 51-41. Independent voters would overwhelmingly choose the Republican by 20 points over Joe Biden. And Trump would win uh, 52-39 against Harris? Right. So Trump isn't dead. All right? And they got to kill him. And they'll try. I mean, you're going to see stuff um, emerge. Now, on the other side, the anti-Biden forces, they're latching on to Hunter again. So now Hunter is, is uh, he's coming back. But Hunter is. There's Hunter did that. But we have to stop framing this as a Hunter Biden thing. This is not Hunter Biden. This well, is about Joe. It. They're linking it to old Joe. They're linking it. Look, there was an article yesterday, and I don't know how true it is. I mean, it looked like a lot of speculation to me. 
that Joe Biden dodged hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes mm-hmm. by forming an S corporation. Now, nobody knows what an S corporation is. They, they don't know. But the headline was Joe Biden dodged taxes. He wants to tax everybody up to the eyebrows. So what we have in America now is this fierce propaganda war on both sides. And the corporate media, which is the most powerful entity in that propaganda war, they are desperate to keep Biden from going under. And that's why you're going to see in the next few weeks some pretty intense stuff. Um, well, I, I think it's I think it's good uh, that uh, you will see the, the intense stuff, hopefully, on uh, Biden. Do you think the uh, do you think the Hunter Biden thing ever goes to the mainstream media? I mean, really? Only if, only if he's indicted. So, you know, it, look, if Hunter Biden is indicted and I can't see that at a federal level. I mean, Merrick Garland is not going to do that. He's the attorney general, of course. But, you know, Hunter Biden did a lot of very shady things. There's no doubt he did. And now there's new emails on his uh, computer that he uh, gave some pawn shop operator. I mean, this guy is totally out of his mind, Hunter. Right? I mean, your computer, you walk into a computer store loaded with bad stuff and you give it to some guy who's chewing tobacco. Uh I mean, is that what you're doing? And so there's something here where Hunter Biden could get into formal trouble. And once that happens, it's like the bridge in Del Rio. You can't hide that story. You can't bury the story. For eight months, ABC, NBC, CBS buried the border story, wouldn't report it. Now they have to. And now there's a new element of color because of the Haitians. So who's down there? Al Sharpton. Didn't go well. Yeah. (laughs) Did did Al go down when there were Hondurans? No. Uh, Did he go down for the Nicaraguans or the El Salvador? No. But as soon as there's a Haitian, there's that. And so now Biden's got cross currents of the Black Lives Matter, the Al Sharptons, because of the Haitians. Now they're turning on Biden a little bit. Now, this is even worse for the New York Times and the Washington Post. They don't know what to do now because people of color are turning on Biden. And it, it's when, from my perch, because I'm a big picture guy, I'm like you, Beck. I'm a big picture guy. <laughs> um, I'm seeing a total deterioration, not only of the Biden presidency, but of the corrupt corporate media. Well, they don't know what the deuce to do. Seventy, I think it's seventy-three uh, percent of the American public in the latest poll I saw blamed uh, the media for this debacle down on the border because they said that i mean they they blamed biden but more of them also blamed the media because they said they never covered it until now and if they would have covered it we would have right we would have been forced to pay attention good for the folks you know we often talk about people not paying attention and being prisoners to their uh cell phones but i think that after a while when the situation becomes so irredeemable and this applies to Afghanistan and to inflation that the, even the dimmest among us, 
which would be probably Beverly Hills, Hollywood. They <laughs> uh, started to go, oh, well, maybe we're, we're on the wrong track here. You know, it's just good for the folks. Let me ask you about uh, the COVID mandate. Uh, a week ago, Biden came out and said his patience is running thin. He's going to be mm-hmm. mandating these vaccines. And then nothing mm-hmm. happened. Why? Because he doesn't want to get into a Supreme Court fight. So Biden can mandate federal workers. Uh, they have to take the vax because they're employed. And Biden's in charge of the federal government. So he can do that. And he's not going to lose legally. But once he starts to tell Sally in Des Moines, Iowa, that she has to be vaccinated and so do her children. Then Biden is into Supreme Court territory. And I think that the Democrats and the progressives and the people who run Biden know they have a better than even chance of losing. Because it's unlike smallpox and and measles and things like that, the vaccines are not locked down. They will be as they get perfected, but not quite yet. And so the argument can be made that, look, you're forcing people to take a vaccine they don't want, and they're not really protected from COVID. And look at all the breakthrough and crossover cases. That's enough. So Biden knows that he can't mandate. And if he did, there would be rebellion like there is in Australia. You keep in an eye. Australia is just like America, by the way, very similar. Mm. And there's riots. There's riots in the streets there now. Right. What the Australian government's doing. Well, the the Biden administration, when he came out and said, I want mandates, uh, the number of people that got vaccines actually has gone down pretty dramatically. Um, So he is. Yeah, you're in the zone now where the persuadables have been persuaded. So you've got 30 to 25 percent of Americans who you can't persuade. Them. They're not going to take the vax unless, you know, draconian measures. I don't think I, I got news for you. I don't think so. I think I think that by him coming out and saying we're going to vax, we're going to do a vax mandate and uh, my patients are running thin. It's that day that he said that, that the vaccine, uh, the people getting vaccine, those numbers went down. I think. Yes, the harder he right. pushes, the more people go, I, there's something wrong here. This isn't right. What's happening? You're absolutely right. That hardened the resistance and brought sympathy in some precincts to the anti-vax movement because they don't like Biden. I mean, you know, conservative people don't like Biden. But the untold story here, and I'm writing a column partially about this on Sunday. Again, com is where I am is that the African-American community is by far the most anti-vax community in the United States. You've seen that reported on uh, NBC, ABC, or CBS lately? No. No. Black Lives Matter is actually screaming that New York City mandates are racist now. They're out. They're screaming. It's racist. So Black Lives Matter has now allied with the anti-vax movement. <laughs> believable, but it's true. We have some audio on that. Let, let me play the audio. All restaurant industries, the service industry, needs to wake up to the realities that these mandates are unconstitutional. That's right. right. We need to stand up. Up 
against them. Because those that are against us thinking that we are either anti-vaccine and whether they are or not, I don't care. The thing is, I am pro-choice. If they want to choose to get the vaccine and if they want to deny it, they should have the choice to do so. Right. So if you mandate and you push them out of your industries, out of your restaurants, you, my people, are discriminating. It's the same as it was back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. Now, has it changed? Um, well, you know, he kind of sounds a little like me. I don't care uh, if you're going to get it or not. It's not right. You should have a right to choose. Is that the Black Lives Matter spokesperson? Yes, it is. Okay. Because he didn't ID him. I think his name is Hank Newsom. He is not related to Gavin in California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love to see that uh, family reunion if that were true, though. Uh, back with more Bill O'Reilly in just a second. Let me tell you about Relief Factor. Uh, a little bit about Bobby. Because Bobby's story is remarkable. Bobby had the uh, luck of uh, Humpty Dumpty, at least at first. He had a really bad fall, broke his uh, ankle, his uh, knee, ripped two tendons in his leg. Doctor told him, never walk again. And for a while, it looked like it was right. Pain was so intense, he couldn't walk. But Bobby's not one to take no for an answer. And what's more, Bobby had heard about Relief Factor. Guess what? Bobby's walking today. It, relief Factor helped him conquer the pain and work through it and get his life back. Relief Factor, not a drug, but it was developed by doctors. And about 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. You can order the three-week quick start trial pack. It's nineteen ninety-five. Take it three times a day. Take it consistently. And if in three weeks you're not starting to see some difference in your life, stop taking it because it's probably not going to work. But 70% of the people that do that go on to order more month after month after month. I've been taking it for two years or so. ReliefFactor.com, 800-500-8384. ReliefFactor.com, 800-500-8384. 10 seconds, station ID. Bill O'Reilly, Haitian migrant families who illegally crossed the southern border and lived in a makeshift camp beneath the International Bridge are being released into the United States, contradicting the Biden administration's claims that would be that they would be removed from the country. Buses come from the processing centers throughout the region where migrants who have been waiting for days under the Del Rio uh, Acuna International Bridge are transported and processed into the system. From there, they are either released into the U.S., if they make a credible claim of fear of returning to their own country or flown back to their country of origin, Greyhound buses arrive at a gas station at 1130 and 530 p.m. daily. The buses take passengers directly to San Antonio, Texas, roughly two and a half hours away. And it is full of uh, Haitian uh, migrants, these people that have come across and we were supposed to be getting rid of the U.S. government is just picking them up in buses and dropping them off at a gas station. Yeah, so the Biden administration, as usual, doesn't tell the truth to the American people. If you're a single Haitian male, they won't let you in. 
But if you're a family, a father, mother, uh, a kid, they will. And uh, you will get to go where you want to go, just as most of the other two million people have crossed into the USA since Biden has uh, been in office. Most of those people are scattered around the country now. So that's the truth. Biden administration will never tell you the truth. Um, and what people should understand is Haiti is the worst place in the world. Have you been to Haiti? I've been there a couple of times. I have it's, been. It's, it's, it's horrendous. It's the worst. Right. Yeah. The United States since 2010 has spent $5 billion, with a B, in aid. Other countries have spent $13 billion in aid. And Sean Penn and his crew have raised $3 billion privately, right, for a grand total of $22 billion, and not one thing has improved in Haiti. Not one thing. And the people of Haiti right. know it. It is completely corrupt. Completely right. corrupt. But it is not a political situation there in the sense that these uh, Haitians, if sent back, are going to get beheaded Correct. like they would in Afghanistan. Correct. This is poverty and corruption. So, you know, if you're going to let every person in the country who lives in a corrupt, poor nation, then a United States ceases to exist. And that is what Joe Biden is doing. Well, it'll be interesting when we go to Canada because we're now living in a poor, corrupt nation. Oh, you don't want to go to Canada. <laughs> Ireland is the place. Ireland, Ireland is the okay. Canada, you don't want to go. Mm-hmm. Do they let you in Ireland? They love me. Mm. They, every time I go over there, it's like a madhouse. And I don't know even why. Um, I mean, when we were on Fox News, yes, that got in. But somehow my uh, BillOReilly.com is like huge. And um, the, my columns and stuff like that. So when I go to Ireland, I try to go every two years. Um, I go over there and it's, hey, Bill, hey, hey. And I'm going, how do you know who I am? You know, it's kind of like that. It's weird. It's weird. But they're all drunk. And uh, that's great. Zach. <laughs> I'm filing a complaint. <laughs> all right, more with Bill O'Reilly in just a second. Stand by. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. If you uh, missed the first uh, part of the broadcast, uh, make sure you check out our podcast today. The first half hour, we're talking about the the profound change that is coming to the financial situation and, uh, and uh, uh, financial structure of the entire world, let alone America. It is time to please, please look at your finances. Can you save any money? Can you take uh, your interest that you are paying on your credit cards or on your house? If you are paying more than 3% on your house, you're paying too much. And interest rates, according to the Fed, are going up soon. They have cut over a year off of their promise not to, not to uh, raise interest rates. They know inflation is coming, and it's coming hard. Please get your world in order uh, by calling American Financing and see if they can help you with your finances. 
uh, save money, pay the debt down, and uh, get out from underneath all of that high interest. It's American Financing, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. And blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn25. You can save 25 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. More with Bill O'Reilly next. Governor DeSantis posted a video yesterday uh, announcing the acquisition of additional doses of monoclonal antibody treatments to counteract the federal government's reduction in Florida's supply of uh, the uh, the treatments. Uh, this is, I mean, he is just making Joe Biden uh, look like a fool, um, and it it makes me happy. Um, any thoughts on? what the government did to Texas and Florida on this, uh, this treatment. Um, I do have a thought, but uh, give me uh, 45 seconds at the end of our sure, 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 today. Sure. I, want to, I want to update you on the uh, Trump history show. Okay. Um, in a case like this, I don't know what happened. So the accusations are that the Biden administration somehow denied red states medicine that could help to mitigate COVID. That's the accusation. Uh-huh. I don't know. And I, you know, and I, I have to say, maybe I should, but I've tried and my staff has tried to get the facts about who ordered the diminishment of the shipments. I can't get it. So until I have it, I don't really want to speculate. That's not what I do back. Well, that's a fair assessment. Let me, um, let me ask you this. DeSantis is clearly uh, positioning self himself for a run in 2024. I'm asked this question all the time and I, I answer it the same way every time. Of course he is. Is Donald Trump going to run in 2024? He wants to. Um, so, you know, I talk to, uh, Donald Trump, I would say once every two weeks now, because we have the big shows coming up. Um, and I, he's pretty candid with me. I have to say in 30 years, he's never lied to me or misled me ever. Now I have a, I think unique relationship with him, um, because he knows that I'm a no BS guy. And if you lie to me, it's not going to not going to go down well, but he wants to run and he is um, looking at possibilities. Nobody in the Republican party wants a big primary shootout like last time. Mm -hmm. That's the big thing. So Trump, you know, everybody knows what Trump did to Jeb Bush and uh, little Marco and lion Ted. I mean, we want to go through this again. Not really. No. There isn't a Republican in the country that wants that. So there are discussions. The three names that are prominent now, and and there'll be names added to this list, are DeSantis, Senator Scott from South Carolina, and Governor Nome from South Dakota. So those are the three that want to run for president and are positioning themselves to do so. How that shakes is impossible to predict right now but 
speculating, and again, I don't like to do that, if the Trump people could convince DeSantis to take the VP, it's two white men, but I think at that point, that demographic is not going to matter because Biden is going to be so horrendous um, two years from now when the campaign really begins. Uh, people aren't going to be looking at skin color anymore. It's not going to be a uh, Kamala Harris situation. You know, I, I, I have to tell you, I, not based on color at all, but I think Tim Scott would be a strong um, uh, vice presidential candidate, not just because he's black, but because he is a really strong constitutionalist. He's the, that would be a great choice as a VP because he could go on to be president. But you have to understand if it's going to be Trump as the main guy, DeSantis isn't just going to willow away. No, I know. Maybe. All right. So you got then you've got three guys and then Governor Nome is a force. And that's one woman, obviously. So whether they come to an agreement that um, Scott would be secretary of state, DeSantis would be VP, Christy Nome would be, you know, whatever Christy Nome wants to be. Um, and they form a you know, four prong then that would solve the problem. But that's a big if. So um, would Donald Trump operate the same way he did last time? Or what did he learn from the first time that it would make this different? What did he learn? (laughs) Um, That's very hard. You know, the odds of Donald Trump changing his style and his style is basically no one knows what he's going to do from hour to hour. <laughs> that, that's his style. Right. Okay. I'm not the talking about his style, though. I'm, I'm, there is one thing that, that one thing that concerns me is he has a he has a right uh, to be vindictive and just take him on. Um, Absolutely. But I justify particularly in his own mind yes. uh, that, you know, he can search and destroy the opposition because they're so heinous. Right now. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you about a private conversation I had with Donald Trump. I don't think he would mind this. I hope he doesn't. Um, and he asked me, I never call him unless it's a business thing. And I never give unsolicited advice to any president. They have to ask me. So he asked me and I said, if I, were in your situation, not if I were you, okay, because that goes flying out the window. No one is like Donald Trump. No one. No one. Okay. So I said, if I were in your situation, I would study Winston Churchill. Because what Churchill did is exactly the position you're in. So after World War II, the British people turned on Churchill and booted him out Mm -hmm. as prime minister. Mm Mm-hmm. And for a year, Churchill was in what he calls a black dog depression. He went to the south of France. He painted stuff, I guess. No, beautiful paintings. Clementine couldn't even talk to him Mm -hmm. for a year. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then he plotted his comeback. And he did it the way he was reelected in 1955 as prime minister was basically looking ahead. 
Here's what we have. We have the Cold War. I just made a speech in America at Harry Truman's invitation. The Iron Curtain. That's Winston Churchill. Right. Okay? And I said, look, Churchill got hosed, but he let it go and sold himself as a guy who would improve the country in the future. You might want to consider that, Mr. President. (laughs) (laughs) So... That's what I said, and I hope he's not offended that I told the Beck audience. But, you know, I don't think I could have given him better advice. No, I don't think so either. So uh, tell me about the uh, tour. That When does it start? A couple of weeks? It's in yeah, October, it isn't it? in December. But oh, December. On Monday we, yeah, on Monday we're starting to market it. We've, we haven't marketed the tour. It's been announced, of course, and I've chatted about it. But we haven't marketed. Now, there are four shows, one in Fort Lauderdale at in Sunrise, they just changed the name of the arena. Not always a good thing. It's now the FLA Live Arena. And that is on Saturday, the 11th of December. Then we uh, trundle on up to Orlando Toyota Center on Sunday, the 12th. Then the next weekend, Houston on the 18th. And then Dallas, the American Airlines Arena on the 19th. And that's the show Beck will be at if you want to mob him for autographs. Um, so on Monday, you're going to start to see spots back. You'll see them because they're going to run in the Dallas Fort Worth area Mm -hmm. about the show. And and what the message I'm getting at is now all the VIPs for all four venues are sold out. All right. But there are still nice seats available. If you go this weekend, Ticketmaster or the arenas themselves or BillOReilly.com, we'll link you right over. Um, and it makes great Christmas gifts. What better Christmas gift if you like Trump, but even if you don't like him, this is a history tour. No BS. I, I'll tell what you, happened? I tell you, Bill, I, um, I talked to Donald Trump this week. He was on the, the uh, program with me yeah, and, uh, he was, I really miss, <laughs> I miss him. He is so funny. Uh, and yeah. I miss his frankness of just calling bullcrap bullcrap. Well, you can imagine O'Reilly and Trump together on one stage. Yeah, it's I mean, gonna... anything could happen. Anything could happen. Yeah, no, it did. And then we're gonna take we're gonna take Q and A from the audience. So, what I'm trying to tell everybody is, even if you don't live in Florida or Texas, this is a once in a lifetime. This will never happen again. And so, you might want to check that out, think about it, and I hope. You know, everybody comes in this weekend because it's going to be those shows are going to be great. and They're all going to be different. Bill O'Reilly and Donald Trump uh, tickets are on sale. Now you go to BillOReilly.com and get them. Uh, I am going to be at uh, one of the Texas shows, probably the one here in uh, in Dallas. Uh, and uh, it, it, it will prove to be enlightening and very, very entertaining. Bill O'Reilly, thank you so much. Always fun. Thanks for having me in. You bet. Glenn Greenwald on Hunter Biden coming up in just a second. Uh, first, let me tell you about Car Shield. You might get away with rolling the dice for a while after your car warranty goes out, uh, but something is going to happen and your car is going to need repairs. And as always, when your car doesn't have a warranty, it becomes very, very expensive. Uh, especially with all of the electronics and the way the electronics are backordered. Uh, you want them, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. So whether, rather than giving an arm and a leg or living on a wing and a prayer, uh, call CarShield. 
Car Shield, it's a win-win. They'll help you get back on track when you're in a pinch and you're not on the hook to pay thousands of dollars. So get the coverage today. See why Car Shield cars go further. Visit carshield.com slash back, carshield.com slash back, and save 10%. It's carshield.com slash back. A deductible may apply. Very interesting. Uh, exclusive video now from KTSM on the Border Patrol agents on horseback. This is fr- from the photographer, an interview um, exclusively from KTSM. Uh, the photographer that took the videos of them whipping these migrants. Not this, videos. Or pictures. The, the pictures. pictures. Yes. Listen, here it is. You today, the White House says they are under investigation. This is what we're talking about. These were taken out of Del Rio. The White House even called the images, quote, horrific. Only on 9, we spoke with a photographer of these images who is actually based out of Las Cruces. Now, many people says it appears the Border Patrol are whipping migrants, but the photographer himself says that's actually not the case. Some of the, the Haitian men started running, running, trying to go around the horses. And that's kind of when the whole thing happened. I didn't ever see him with anybody with the thing. He was swinging it, um, but I didn't see him actually take, you know, whip someone with it. You know, so those, those, that's something they can easily misconstrued um, when you're looking at the pictures. As for agents on horseback, Border Patrol has called the use of horses a tool to keep agents safe. Now the. Uh the border patrol no longer allowed to use horses did you hear that update well it was all that horrific behavior on the border oh, i know what it else were they going to do it is worse than slavery <laughs> jeez and by the way he was swinging he was swinging the reins around that's that's have you ever seen a cowboy ride a real cowboy i mean these horses are amazing uh, i've seen them herd cattle i we get bring cowboys out to the ranch to move the cattle and it's incredible how smart and well-trained these horses are. And they know exactly how to herd people. And that's what the horses do, is they are herding people. So people can, you know, safely be corralled so they can be stopped. And uh, to, to say these guys were whipping is, I mean, it's, I, 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 I don't understand people who are still buying into this. They're and not even trying. They're not even trying to, to act no. as if they're tied to the facts anymore. No. These things get disproved. They just keep saying them. Right. It, I mean, I, it really, I mean, if, if you are still part of the people that are buying into this, I, I, I really question your mental health. I do. You know, people have said that before. Oh, you know, you got to be crazy if you're a conservative or you're crazy. If you... No, you, you have been brainwashed. If you look at these pictures and think that this is as bad, if not worse than slavery, and that this is whipping these Haitian immigrants, I, I wonder how you tie your shoes. Yeah, you're talking about the Maxine Waters comments. Yes. She said that. I was talking to Andrew Wilkow, who was on Blaze TV uh, yesterday, and he's like, look, I'm not saying I'm, I'm anti-vaccine, but I am anti-maxine. And I think that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's I think where a lot of America is yeah, right now. I think so, too. She's just she's a lunatic. I mean, uh, you, this is a person who has an has escaped an asylum and has got it got into Congress. 
She's a person who, uh, you know, in her district, by the way, we had a black Republican candidate who's being, you know, uh, uh, having eggs thrown at them in a gorilla mask by a white person. This is the same person who encouraged people to go out and harass Trump officials all over the place. Now she's saying a person on a horse who is trying to stop a person from illegally crossing back into our country after leaving to get takeout food from like Chili's. There's never been a genocidal act that has occurred with takeout food from Applebee's. That's not a thing. He's literally holding bags of takeout food. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's so ridiculous and that it's so hyperbolic. But, you know, there are different levels of this. You know, Jen Psaki is just lying. Maxine Waters is certifiably insane. I don't, I won't give the I won't give I won't give respite to the insane. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not it's Smart. it is uh she is she's she's only insane because people have allowed her to get away with it for so long. Glenn Greenwald coming up next. This is the Glenn Beck program. New proof emerges of the Biden family emails. A definitive account of the CIA media big tech fraud. Wow. And it's very well outlined. Glenn Greenwald did it on his Substack. We talked to Glenn in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Uh, let me tell you about Relief Factor. Uh, the couple who takes Relief Factor together stays out of pain together. I think that's how the saying goes. Let me tell you about Karen and her husband, Joe. She's been taking Relief Factor for a while now. She's been dealing with some very bad uh, teeth uh, that eventually had to be removed. Uh, and she's been doing a bang-up job of helping her, her body manage the inflammation. In fact, Relief Factor has helped her so well managing the pain, she decided to give some to her, ex, uh, to her uh, husband, Joe, who has three herniated discs in his back. Joe said he's starting to feel better now, too. They're getting their lives back. Relief Factor, not a drug, but it was developed by doctors, and about 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. You can order the three-week quick start now for only $19.95, so you really don't have anything to lose except your pain, and you get your life back. It's relieffactor.com. Call 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It's relieffactor.com. Len Greenwald should be joining us any minute. Let me just read some of this report. A severe escalation of the war on a free internet and free discourse has taken place over the last 12 months. Numerous examples of brute and dangerous censorship have emerged. The destruction by big tech monopolies of parlor at the behest of Democratic politicians at the time that it was the most downloaded app in the country. The banning of the sitting president from social media. The increasingly explicit threats from elected officials in the majority party of legal and regulatory reprisals in the event that tech platforms do not censor more in accordance with their demands. But the most severe episode of all was the joint campaign in the weeks before the 2020 election by the CIA 
big tech, the liberal wing of the corporate media and the Democratic Party to censor and suppress a series of major reports about the then presidential frontrunner Joe Biden. October 14th and then on October 15th, 2020, the New York Post, the nation's oldest newspaper, published two news reports on Joe Biden's activities in Ukraine and China that raised serious questions. Glenn Greenwald is here to tell us all about the conclusion. Uh, Glenn, how are you? Hey, Glenn. Great to talk to you again. Good. Uh, you're probably you're you sound like you're in some foreign distant land. Are you back down in Brazil or are you someplace else? Yeah, I'm in Brazil. I'm in Brazil. Um, hopefully the connection will be good. Yeah, it's it's fine. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Th- this is a story that uh, won't go away, uh, but it doesn't seem to ever gain any legs on the corporate media. Tell me about the the campaign that happened. Between the CIA. Well, so, Go ahead. Yeah. So when the New York Post first reported the story, as somebody who has worked many times on large archives of documents and had to stake my reputation and my career on verifying that they were genuine before reporting them, something I did when I reported on Edward Snowden's archive about the NSA and with WikiLeaks many times and also a big story in Brazil when I got a large archive. It was obvious to me that the evidence was overwhelming that these documents were authentic. It had every indicia of authenticity that was reported by Fox News, the New York Post, the Daily Caller, and others. But the rest of the media, the corporate media, ignored that evidence and tried to lead everybody to believe that the documents were forged, that they were fake. And the biggest gift they got was when the CIA, a bunch of former CIA officials like John Brennan and Mm -hmm. James Clapper, issued a letter saying that they believed that the archive was Russian disinformation, which has two claims to it. One is it came from Russia, but the second, it's disinformation, meaning the documents are fake, and therefore you shouldn't pay attention to them. And in that letter, Glenn, the CIA operatives admitted they had no evidence that it came from Russia or that the documents were fake. They just said it's kind of just our sense that this is the case. It's a, let me, let me, let me read it exactly. We emphasize yeah. that we do yeah. not know if the emails provided by the New York Post or President Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, are genuine or not, and that we do not have evidence of Russian involvement. Just that our experience makes us deeply suspicious that the Russian government played a significant role in this case. Wow. That's just your gut, then. Exactly. Exactly. And what's amazing is even they who are, you know, basically trained disinformation agents, that's what the CIA and the intelligence community is constructed to do. They're not supposed to do it domestically as they did during the Trump years, but they do or they're expected to do it internationally. They're trained liars. Even they were more honest than what the corporate media ended up using that letter for, which was to say these intelligence officials say definitively that this is Russian disinformation. Correct. And they, you know, you can go through every video from CNN and MSNBC and NBC News and CBS News and Washington Post and New York Times where they just say over and over, this is Russian disinformation. And they use that as an excuse not even to discuss the revelations. But the worst thing of all is that Twitter and Facebook then seized on that claim 
to censor, censor this story from being discussed. So if you try to post a link to the New York Post reporting or other media outlets discussing it, Correct. you would get a message saying this link is prohibited. It was one of the most astounding acts of brute censorship by this union of the, of the intelligence community, the corporate media, and big tech right before our election that I've ever seen. So, so Glenn, where does this story go from here? Because these, these emails are coming out. We're getting more and more. They are verified. And it shows it's not a story about Hunter Biden. It is a story about Joe Biden being corrupt to his eyeballs in things like uh, trying to uh, uh, sell access to him to be able to get Libyan money uh, released, uh, access to the Oval Office uh, and to Joe Biden for Mexico and China and money being demanded for these things. This is this is some of the most gross corruption of our administration that has actually been able to come out and be proven I think for me, the biggest corruption, the worst corruption is the journalistic corruption. So the reason we're talking about this story again, aside from the new emails about what he did in Libya, which are extremely incriminating, is because, as I said, from the beginning, there was evidence and proof that these emails were authentic. The problem was they came from right wing outlets and liberals have been trained to just ignore everything that comes from right wing outlets. What we have now is a new book by a young, actually courageous reporter who deserves a lot of credit, Ben Schreckinger, who works at Politico as mainstream of an outlet as a guest, obviously no friend of the right wing. Right. And in his book, which is all about investigating the Biden, he spent months doing really deep dive reporting to try and find the proof about whether these emails, the key ones, not the like ancillary ones about Hunter Biden's personal life, which personally I don't care about, right. but the substantive ones about Joe Biden's deals in China and his interference in Ukraine on behalf of Burisma, which is paying his son $50,000, the actual corruption of Joe Biden, he proved with months of reporting that these emails are accurate. And here's the thing. If he had proven the opposite, if he had, through these months of reporting, had gathered proof that these emails were actually forged, he would be the biggest star in American media right now. He'd yep. be on Good Morning America and the Today Show and every single program. But because his reporting proved that the media lied and that these emails are authentic, he has not been on one of those shows, NPR, CNN, any of the networks. And in fact, Glenn, they won't even mention his book. They won't even acknowledge this proof that everything they told the American people for weeks is an absolute lie. This is Russian disinformation. And in fact, these emails were authentic all along. That is how grotesquely corrupt our media is. Well, I, um, we'll call Ben. I'll give him a full hour to talk about his, uh, about his book. Um, so what is the solution, Glenn, for the media? Because the, do you think the media is ever going to take this on and, and treat this as a real story? Not their part of it, but the, but the actual corruption part. No, I mean, that's the other thing is, you know, Ben Treckender's book, one part of it is confirming the authenticity of the emails. Most of it is about investigating the Biden, the right. Biden family, the way that every other first family has been investigated. The Clintons, the Obamas, the Trumps, you know, the, the Bushes, but we don't know very much about the Bidens. And so they've ignored this book, both parts of it. And I think, look, 
for me, I used to think that the corporate media could be reformed through criticism, through critique, through pressure no. campaigns. I'm way past that point. I believe they're irredeemably corrupt. They are, they lie for, as their model, on purpose, for ideological and business ends. And so I think the solution is, number one, to make people aware as clearly as possible that they should hate and despise the corporate media, that whatever contempt they have for it probably isn't enough. <laughs> and then number two, to encourage and build independent platforms that aren't susceptible to censorship by big tech and that aren't subject to the pieties and orthodoxies of these institutions of authority that control what these other outlets have done. And in a lot of ways, they are their worst own worst enemies. If you look at polling, the media is held in lower esteem than almost any other institution in our society, like right above, you know, like pedophiles. And they deserve that. And it's important that keep happening. So people more and more realize that it's irrational to trust what they say. So can I ask you a question? You had to have thought of things like this and pondered them and maybe come up with a reason for it. Um, right now, gasoline is up over a dollar and my whole life has been in the media and, oh my gosh, if it's a Republican in office and gas is up, that's all we talk about. The media just covers it. Now I understood that when the media had everybody by the nose ring and we're leading them around. However, we don't trust the media now. Um, but if the media doesn't talk about Afghanistan, we don't talk about Afghanistan. Why is that? And, and how do we break that? Yeah, you know, I do think these outlets are losing influence. If you look at, for example, the ratings of the two largest liberal outlets, CNN and MSNBC, mm -hmm. they were already in collapse before Trump arrived. They, all those hosts were about to get fired because nobody was watching their shows. Trump single-handedly saved that part of the media right. because it gave people a desire to watch. and they, it, it enabled them to scare everybody about Trump sufficiently to make people pay attention. And with Trump gone, they're back to disappearing. I mean, the ratings of CNN and MSNBC are humiliatingly little. I mean, they, they get, you know, on their best days, what like a mid-level YouTuber gets. Yeah. And so, and then you look at, you know, like Fox News and other outlets that challenge the liberal orthodoxies, including you, like OAN and, you know, Newsmax that are growing. But what's really growing are independent platforms. People who are on Rumble, who are on Substack, who are on YouTube even, who can on Twitter. People who have these dissident voices are, are able to shape discourse in ways that previously they never were able to do before. And that's the thing that I think needs to be built and, and fortified. So is the, uh, is the social media, the corporate social media, are they doomed for the same kind of fate? Yeah. I mean, you know, when I, I, you know, the first time you and I ever talked on was I think like a year or so after I began doing the, the reporting from Edward Snowden about how the NSA was spying on everybody. Yeah. And my cause back then was a free internet because I always viewed the internet as one of the most important human innovation innovations to free us from the tyranny of centralized government and corporate control Agreed. because it would enable us to communicate with one another without their intervention. And what the Snowden story was about and now what big tech censorship is about is this attempt to degrade that internet from this tool of liberation into a tool of coercion. 
And yeah, I do think that the kind of, you know, Silicon Valley giants, the monopolies like Facebook and Google and Apple and Amazon are obviously being increasingly controlled in terms of the things you can and can't say on there. And that's why these alternatives like Rumble, like Substack, like people turning to Bitcoin and blockchain, which will decentralize control of how we communicate with one another Mm -hmm. are becoming more and more popular because what's the point of having an internet if the same corporate and state forces dictate and censor and police what we can say as always were in control beforehand. And the, I mean, the thing that always crosses my mind is there's an awful lot of money and power at stake. And uh, that's why I can't see the United States government, uh, you know, letting Bitcoin and letting uh, social media get out of their grasps. Yeah, I mean, anytime you have a new technology, a new instrument, a new weapon, whatever you want to call it, and the Internet can be described as all of those things, that can actually threaten prevailing status quo power and power centers. You're obviously going to have a war over who gets to control it. So if you look at the Internet and what's been happening, for example, with privacy, while the NSA and its allies and China and Iran are always looking for ways to control the Internet to prevent dissent from circulating, you have privacy activists and technology specialists building tools like encryption in order to stay one step ahead of them. It's kind of like an arms race. Now with Bitcoin and chain, which are being championed by you know some of the most influential people in the world, like Jack Dorsey and Elon Musk and others, it's going to be a war over that technology as well. You're going to have the state that's going to try and right. control it, and you're going to have people who are going to try and fortify it. Just one quick, really interesting thing that I think from history that a lot of people have forgotten. After the bombing of the, of Oklahoma, of the courthouse in Oklahoma City in 1995 that ultimately was blamed on Timothy McVeigh, the Clinton administration, this is right when the Internet was starting, tried to seize on that threat and the fears generated by it. They were all on the cover of Time Magazine every weekend. It was like weekend militias and white militias and all of that. They tried to seize on that fear to introduce legislation that barred encryption or that at least required that the government always have a backdoor to encryption. And they lost. So this battle has been going on for, you know, 20 years over who's going to get to control the Internet and how it's going to be, how it's going to be functioning. And it's never going to end because that's what institutions of of power do is they try and protect their power. Uh, Glenn Greenwald, thank you so much for everything. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Appreciate it. Thanks for all the work you do. Yeah, it was great to be with you. Thanks you for bet. having me. Uh, look, what follow is uh, Substack. Uh, uh, just search for Glenn Greenwald. Um, our sponsor this half hour is Rectech. You could cook on a standard grill while you're at it. You could just ride to work uh, on a bicycle or an old Model T. Watch the Antiques Roadshow uh, because they'll give you some specials on some old motorcycles they're great uh now if you want to be in today's world you want to grill use a rec tech it's the manliest thing you're ever going to throw a steak on uh, for one it's smart grill technology which ensures that you're going to get the perfect cooking experience every single time it monitors its own heat throughout so it makes sure that it stays even adjusting even when the weather starts to change I cook my steaks in the great state of Texas the way God intended them and on a Rectech. Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q. 
Follow them on social media. Sign up for their newsletter. Get all the great recipes that all of the uh, people who have Rectech share with all e- with each other. It's Rectech with a Q at the end. R e c t e q dot com. Rectech dot com. Ten seconds. Station ID. So, in some ways. Uh, what he says is good that the media has embarrassing numbers and they do. Uh, it's just, it's a joke. Their numbers. Uh, They've earned them. Yeah, they have earned them. Uh, we have, we have more people on the blaze, uh, than they have in prime time. Sometimes, uh, it's remarkable. It's really remarkable. But what is missing is the sense of collectiveness you know, we used to we, we used to watch the same things and be able to move together as one and know what everybody was talking about. That Those days are over. There are no solutions, only trade-offs. And I do think that that's one of the trade-offs. You know, I, I, we talk about this all the time in that you've gone through the past 10 years or so making news, right? Like finding, not not following what is already in the news and analyzing it, though we, of course, have to do that as well, but finding stories that people aren't talking about and turning them into stories that everybody's talking about. And that it gets harder as more people are decentralized. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I mean, I, I'd rather have the information be correct, even if not as many people see it. I want people to, I want to make sure we're getting the right stuff out there and people can find it if they want. But that does, it does push back against that collective uh, experience. The problem is, is the vilification Mm. uh, by these giants that are dying. They just vilify anybody who says, no, the Hunter Biden story is real. Uh, And they taint so many that are not paying attention that it will take a while for that taint to come off. Just as it's taking a while for Americans to wake up and go, wait a minute, they're lying to me over and over and over again. Why should I believe them today? This is the Glenn Beck program. So we 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 got a big box uh, yesterday and Tanya said, I said, what is it? Hoping that it would be something that could be used to finish our house, which is two weeks away. Oh, good. Um, but, uh, you got a big box and, uh, and I was excited to open it and it was a big bag of dry kibble food. I think Tanya knew exactly what it was. She just wanted me to carry it inside and open it up, you know, instead of her doing it. And it's like, you know, <laughs> hello, you know what I'm saying? Stu? No, no, <laughs> I never do. <laughs> I was so excited when I brought it in and I was like, okay, I wonder what it is. No, just just kibble food. And uh, Uno was about as excited about it as I was. Mm. Uh, and then uh, I took some of it out and I put rough greens on it, put it on his bowl and uh, he lapped it up. It is not a dog food, rough greens, and it doesn't come in a big heavy bag like the kibble food. It's a supplement. You just sprinkle it on top of the dog's food and they love it. And you will see a difference in your dog. Uh, Try it now, roughgreens.com slash Beck, or call 833-GLEN-33, roughgreens.com slash Beck. Why depend on the media to cover Hunter Biden's laptop when you can have your very own Hunter Biden laptop case? HunterBidenLaptopCase.com.
This is the uh, Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. I want to uh, I want to give you a phrase uh, that I just read. It's from uh, uh, Michael Hoff. He wrote a uh, he wrote a book long ago called uh, "Those Who Remain." Uh, it's a series of books, and in it, he wrote I think one of the most profound phase, uh, phrases I've ever heard. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. And weak men create hard times. Where are we in that? We are now at the weakest men I think our country has ever seen. Men have been emasculated Men are are no longer men. You're not allowed to be men. And that's why we're having hard times. Because men will not stand up and be men. And in those days, their hearts will fail them. Our hearts have been failing us for a long time, gentlemen. A long time. Do we stand for truth? Do we stand for justice? Do we, do we treat women the way we should be treating women all the time? Do we stand up for those who can't defend themselves? That, that really is what America, I think, was based on. Uh, any of our military, it was to defend the defenseless. We are a nation of bullies now. And all this anti-bullying crap is just that. It's crap. It hasn't stopped bullies. It has given those people who claim to be trying to stop bullies the power to be a bully on everybody else. And the reason why they can be bullies is because we are weak men. The good news is... These times are going to create strong men. And I will tell you that we have a choice. We can either stand up now collectively and be strong men. Or when all of us are so weak, we will cry out for a strong man. And that will be the end of the republic. The reason why we are having, did you, I don't know if you saw this. We saw a record increase in murders in 2020. The murder, the homicide rate, there were 5,000 more homicides across the country than the year earlier. We, we had 21,500 murders last year. 30% rise. The previous record is in 1968. We had an increase in 1968 of 12.7. This is a record jump of 30%. They're going to blame it on guns. But you know what it is? There's no deterrence anymore. There's no consequence anymore. Nobody has to pay for his sins. And that's the problem. 
we have allowed weak men to be our shepherds. I think you could trace this particular situation that we're in now. I think you could trace a lot of it to Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. Because he was a man who didn't have to pay for his sins. And every man saw it. Every child saw it. It changed the way we talked about everything. It changed the way we thought about perjury. Oh, if you're just smart enough, having a good enough attorney, you can get away with anything. And ever since then, people keep getting away with it. There is no deterrence anymore. And it is trickled down to the lowest levels. There is no... If you do something wrong and burn a building down, you're not going to jail if you're on the right side and burn that building down for the politically correct reason. Even if that building happens to be a police precinct. Correct. They will leave the building and watch you do it. And then no ramification. See, deterrence is really, really effective. The FAA says more than uh, 70% of the unruly passenger incidents on flights are related to masks. You know why? Because it's bullcrap and we all know it. We all know it. 70% of the unruly passenger incidents. So you know what the FAA is saying? These airlines have to crack down harder on the people who are flying. That's not going to help. That's only going to make things worse. Because you are no longer dealing with common sense anymore. But see, the crackdown on you is really important. Because deterrence works. And they know that. Do you hear about the guy who stole a beer from Nancy Pelosi's refrigerator? He walked into her office uh, during January 6th. He's been held since January 6th. <laughs> I'm stunned to hear there's alcohol in Nancy's office. Yeah, that's, a sh- that's a shocker. Wouldn't you need it? <laughs> uh, and he walked into the office, opened up the refrigerator, saw a beer, grabbed one, uh, and drank it and left. Now, he's been in jail for drinking a beer out of somebody else's refrigerator. That's what you would call a misdemeanor. That's what he was charged for. He was charged and convicted of a misdemeanor. Why has he spent all this time in jail? Because they are sending you a message. Deterrence works. You mess with us. And we will mess with your entire life. It's what happens online. Yesterday, I told you about a new show on uh, Blaze TV. It asked a question. And that one question got them two strikes, three strikes. You're done. It's a brand new show. They asked the question that was a logical question about masks. No, you can't do that. We will shut you down. It's why they have worked so hard to uh, keep us from rescuing people. And believe me, no good deed goes unpunished. 
because we have rescued the number of people that we have over in Afghanistan, because we have done the things that they didn't, and I wouldn't say couldn't, that they wouldn't do, we did it. Because hard times create strong men. And they will make us pay a price. One way or another, we will pay a price for it. And so be it. But when that price comes to be paid, just know, don't listen to that deterrence. Don't listen to it. It's a lie. It's a lie. Whatever they do to punish anybody who is standing up for the right thing, don't be deterred by it. Be encouraged by it. They are trying to send you a message because that's effective. And they don't want you to be effective. May I just tell you one story about what you did last night? Two nights ago, two nights ago, we rushed a, an Afghani woman to the plane. She was nine months pregnant. She was going to have her baby. And uh, if she would have her baby, she and her baby would die. The hands of the Taliban. So we rushed her ahead and put her on one of the planes. And uh, she was taken to safety. And she had her baby on the tarmac of the free country. State Department yelled at us. How dare you? That's against the rules. You can't put a pregnant woman on a flight. Are you out of your mind? Let me give you another one. I, I don't want to give you any details of the people that are involved in this, but these are people that really helped the United States in our, in our fight over in Afghanistan. One of the, there's two brothers. One of them was really, really, really sick. And because of he had to be in a safe house because they are looking for him, um, he couldn't get to the he couldn't get to a doctor. He couldn't get to anybody for medicine. And he has to have this medicine or he's going to die. Um, he he has to have infusions and everything else. It's a it, it's bad. Well, the antibiotics that he needs, he couldn't get. And. There wasn't anything that was slowing anything down now, and he was he was going to die. He couldn't get medicines because everything around him was closed. He couldn't get medicines because he couldn't go to a doctor because he'd be exposed. And the only place he could get the medicine that he needed was hours away. They didn't have any money, and they couldn't get through the 15 Taliban checkpoints. Well, one of our unbelievable people with the Nazarene fund Damaris found out about this and she found a doctor I don't even know how she found a doctor got him to the safe house uh, he said I can't get the medicines for you uh, because we're going into the Sabbath and uh, you're not gonna be able to get anybody to open anything up well uh, that doctor, after some uh, convincing by Damaris, she's relentless. We were able to send a courier 
and brought a month's worth of medicine down. He is uh, doing better, but we had to get him to a doctor as well. So last night, we got him to a doctor in a safe country. His family had to remain behind, but they will come out soon. I want to tell you what his brother said. After the U.S. forces left my country, I felt we had been left behind after my three years of service with the U.S. Army, but I understood that good always finds its way. Me and my brother have made it out thanks to all of you, the amazing team members that we have, and the people who have donated. We have such luck to have an amazing team. We don't have the words to express our gratitude. I have a two-year-old daughter who has always been with me since she was born. I just spoke with her. She's been crying all day long. I know I'm going to see her soon. I left my family behind for my brother, and God knows, and I know God. He is watching me. He's watching our family. And soon, good will come for them. Be a strong man. Stand up. Because you are the answer to someone's prayer today. And by being that man, just today in the small way, whatever way you find, you will change the world. Because there's enough of us that want to be strong men. You never quite know what to expect from a cyber attack other than, you know, it ain't going to be fun. Cyber criminals are doing everything they can to separate you from not only your money, your possessions, but your credibility, your good name, your credit, everything. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting your life every day. You put your information at risk on the Internet. LifeLock will help you detect a wide range of identity threats. Not everybody, not everything. Nobody can cover all of it, but they're the best in the business. And if they detect something, they'll send you an alert. And usually for me, it's come in the form of a question. Did you just open this? Did you just buy uh, something in Tibet? <laughs> like, nope, that wasn't me. Then if it isn't you, they have a restoration specialist on hand to help you clean all of that up. Uh, they are really, really good, and they'll protect your identity better than I think anybody else. It's LifeLock by Norton. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year with promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head to LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK. Save 25% now. The Glenn Beck Program. We cannot leave the air without a bit of good news. Um, <laughs> everybody now associates uh, Cuomo uh, with uh, you know sexual harassment, but usually it's the brother who is the governor that is nailed with that. Uh, not Chris Cuomo, the host of a CNN show, hmm. uh, and he's just been uh, hit with a sexual harassment suit. Yeah, well, not a suit, but a, uh, an accusation in the New York Times hmm. uh, by his former boss. Apparently in 2005, he came in and uh, grabbed her buttocks in the middle of a party in front of uh, her husband. Was she falling? She was not. Was her buttocks 
sagging and about to fall off and she said oh my butt's about to fall off and he caught it before the floor caught it before the floor that's how he's going to tell the story on yeah. cnn yes i'm uh, uh but no he came in and he because i guess she had just moved to another show he came in and grabbed her butt and said hey you're not on my show anymore i can do this now um and oh. she said no you can't uh and is now huh. uh but by the way has the email from later in the night when he emailed her to apologize for doing it. So it's not like it's a question whether it happened or not type of situation. Uh, she actually has the evidence. Here is my, I'm going to predict. Here's what's going to happen. Uh, nothing. 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 That's the Cuomo way. Yeah, it is. I will say, I, you know, especially at CNN, even the, the Democrats of New York State have higher standards than CNN for this type of thing. It's They'll incredible. let Chris Cuomo get away with anything. Anything. It doesn't matter. I wish you a fond farewell, CNN. This is the Glenn Beck Program.